Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Justin Robert Young program. My name is indeed Justin Robert Young. I had another story from Las Vegas that I wanted to share with you guys here today. And that is uh, an existential crisis in a bottle. I took part in one of the uh, unique traditions of uh, the Hack 5 team during DEF CON. And that is on Saturday. There's two really, really big days, Friday and Saturday. That's when you're selling the vast majority of your product. That's when you are putting in the most amount of hours. That's when it matters the most that you are fresh. But as soon as everything wraps up on Saturday, things are a lot more loose. Most of the money has been made. Most of the crowd has come through. If things get a little sloppier and a little lax, on Sunday, it's not the end of the world. In fact, there's even less of Sunday to deal with. It wraps up earlier. So, Saturday, the tradition has become to do a thing called Slushy Con. If you've ever been to Vegas, then you recognize what I'm about to tell you. If you've never been to Vegas, allow me to illuminate you that Slushy Con is taking advantage of these booths, slushy booths. So, now I remember it a lot from bars in South Florida that have margarita machines. I guess margarita machines are fairly universal, but there are a lot of bars in South Florida that will, like Fat Tuesdays, I guess is probably a national brand that features this, like an entire wall of different slushies. So you'll get... uh you know, margarita is certainly one. Hurricane is another one. But pretty much any kind of flavor you could think of. At like a 7-Eleven, this is that. But then you add booze on top of it. And what they will do is sell you these massive slushy things. I guess it's probably because it's hot as shit outside. So, so they're like, okay, come in, grab a slushy, and have a, a, a fun time walking around Vegas, because also Vegas is open container. You can literally take your drink anywhere. You never have to put your drink down. Sometimes you have to pour your drink into a to-go cup because it was in a glass cup. Now it's in a to-go cup, but that's pretty much it. So SlushyCon uh, is organized. Everybody heads down to the place in the Bally's or between the Bally's and Paris casinos. And the, the, the slushies come in... Three different sizes. 
a, a, an aggressive pint, right? So slightly larger than a pint. Kind of reminds me of like a, a big workout uh, drink, right? Like something that you would put a bunch of water in. That's the small size. The midsize is a very large bottle, or at least it's shaped to be a bottle. And then the large size is like a, a magnum of champagne, right? They would fill all that with slushies. So the, the thing that we all get, and currently I believe this is my profile picture on Twitter, but I get the midsize bottle. And I'm doing okay. I'm really excited to be a part of the team. I'm, I'm, I'm really having a good time with everybody. But there's a moment when the bartender ex- uh, explains to us that, hey, each one of these is going to come with five shots of the liquor that you're choosing to put in there. Predominantly either vodka, whiskey, or rum. I chose rum. Marhoy. But it is not Captain Morgan. No, no, no. It is whatever the like value rum that gets poured into a gigantic sugar pile. So immediately I go from being extraordinarily excited to be a part of things to looking at this as an albatross around my neck. Not because I won't have a good time because I almost assuredly will. Not because it's not tasty because it almost assuredly was. But rather because it is a hangover in a bottle. And when you are in Vegas for the five days that I was in Vegas. For which no man should live in the strip for five days. That's just a bad idea. Like if you're going to be there for more than 48 hours. Rent an Airbnb in Henderson. <laughs> and 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 commute back and forth. In fact, you should have a, a an Airbnb in Henderson, Nevada, and you should uh, uh, also be forced to volunteer to drive other people's kids to school. Like that's what you need to stay grounded. If you are staying in Vegas for that long. But at a certain point, past the first few hangovers, you're like. Okay, you want to know what? I need to consciously start paying attention to my intake. And I know for a fact that if I slam five shots of this because I can't taste any of the alcohol and uh, the only thing I've ever wanted to do with a slushie my entire life was just drink all of it as fast as possible, that this is going to be a bad time. It's going to put me on the ramp to drinking more. Next thing you know, I'm going to get another slushy, and then I'm, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, slushies are gross. I need something else. And then I'm, it's just going to be bad. It's not going to be a good look. I'm just saying, it won't. I know me. I know me. It's not going to be good. And this is going through my head. Not exactly the party starting atmosphere that you might want between your ears as you're wandering into the glittering, flashing lights of Sin City. And so... I sipped slowly. The slushy was not part of Turbo Team. I had to go slow because I realized something. This was my existential crisis. No matter how slow I drank that slushy, I realized that it was not slow enough. <laughs> like, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, you know, you see some of those YouTube videos where it's like something, but every time 
that they that a thing happens, it speeds up two times, and so it just goes faster, 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 faster. That was me in the reverse with the slushy. Every time I took a sip, I think I, I thought about five shots, five shots, five shots. Okay, slower. So uh, the next time I'm like, oh, I should take a drink. Oh, is it slower? I should probably wait. And I did. I nursed this goddamn slushy. For a solid three hours. Like I evaporated an entire night. Because I kept thinking in my head, five shots, five shots, five shots. Like I didn't get anything else. I just had this slushy. By the way, this slushy uh, just turns into Capri Sun instantly. Like, like, like the slushy uh, loses any semblance of its uh, you know, slushiness. Like within within five seconds, like it is just totally over immediately. And so now you're just drinking Capri Sun with bottom shelf rum in it. But I wound up not drinking anything else, which kind of makes me think that this was a good idea. Maybe this is a way that in times where I want to keep my wits about me, I just need to have a gigantic drink, a comically large drink in front of me. That I respect because somebody's like, well, uh, you know, there's 15,000 alcohol units in here. And if you drink it any faster than three hours, you're going to die. Maybe that maybe that's the way that I got to that that I got to move from here on out or just pour all of my drinks. I'll just roll up to one of these fancy ass cocktail bars out here in Oakland and and roll up with my with my novelty sized uh, (laughs) Vegas slushy faux bottle. And just be like, yeah, no, I'd like uh I'd like five gin and tonics, please. <laughs> With my 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 artisanal gin and my very specific taste, uh uh refined Indian spirit tonic from England. I need you to make four five of them, pour them all in this jug, and let me go tooting on it for the next three hours. <laughs> Maybe that's the way I need to go. an interesting moment on the internet last night. If uh, you don't know the name Mia Khalifa, then hit me up on Twitter if you don't know who she is. I used to have this joke with friends that one of the funniest things that I could think to do is if you really want to ruin a, a, a grouping where it's like a double or triple date, just a bunch of people with like couples or... Uh, you know, guys, guys and girls are there together, especially if they're like romantically entangled. You want to really drop a live wire into the conversation is make a joke referencing. Uh, then at the point that I was making this joke, the, the the bang bus was a popular pornography series. I guess it still is. But at that point, it was at its heyday. You drop a bang bus reference into the conversation, because what would happen is the guys would all laugh. And then the girls would turn to the guys and say, wait, what? And then somebody would have to explain what the bank bus was, which I always found very funny because I'm an awful human being. But Mia Khalifa uh, is, no, was, was a porn star. She had a, a very brief yet notable career because she is from, I guess she's from D.C., but went to school at Florida State. And 
has a very olive skin complexion. So her career in pornography was oftentimes portraying her as somebody from, you know, the, the Middle East, basically. Islamic porn. So obviously there are very serious things there. So she shot one famously in a hijab and that became international news because this pornography, you know, it was, I don't know, it was, it was a gigantic thing. But she became very, very famous. And since then, she's distanced herself from, from porn. She stopped doing it. She left the industry and she focused on what the, the vast majority of her public perception is and was, uh, and that's talking about sports. So she's done a couple sports shows. She's she sort of made her way uh, through that field. But for whatever reason, and look, I think she can be a bit of a, you know, I'm I'm glad she's into sports because she's got a little bit of that bravado to her. She likes talking shit about sports, at least based that I've. Uh, I, I will be honest, 99% of my exposure to Mia Khalifa is because she is a huge Washington Capitals fan, and I am a fan of the rival Pittsburgh Penguins. And so I, I literally know the, her by the vast majority is both her porn career and the fact that she just talks wild shit about the Penguins. So I don't like her. But I, I, I get her point. I get, I get the point of where she's going as a sports person. So she did an interview wherein... She explained that in her porn career, she made $12,000. $12,000. Now, she has 15 million Instagram followers. And let me go ahead and take a look on Twitter. Damn near 3 million on Twitter. She says that she was in the industry for only a few months shot around 12 videos and got about $1,000 each for for each video. Now, I'm talking about this because this seems to have kicked up a lot of conversation on Twitter. People really, really, really wanted to talk about it. And more specifically, I don't know whether or not it's her contentious nature on other stuff or just an ingrown element of... uh, like whether or not she's people are kind of subconsciously upset that she's no longer a porn star or it's just some kind of baseline element of like, oh, no, I liked you for a thing and now you're not doing a thing. It's like, yeah, I, I, I play the old shit like maybe like one of those things. Maybe it's a little bit of everything. Maybe it's just baseline sexism. Maybe it's just jealousy. Maybe it's just uh, uh, the fact that she said twelve thousand dollars. Uh, and people are like, wow, $12,000 is a lot of money. I don't know what it is, but there was like a backlash to her on Twitter last night. And, and I was I was kind of fascinated by it because I, number one, that sounds about right. I would guess, it, it, I, I think she has spent more time being famous for her, for, for her porn stuff than she spent doing porn stuff. I think that was like a thing. She quit. She says she quit five years ago after a few months in the industry. So it's like, all right, if if that's the case, then it to use a sports metaphor, 
she played out her rookie deal. You know, she did the first big movie. But you don't really make... uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson didn't make all of his money on The Rundown. Or The Scorpion King. You know, those were the things that kind of began to put him on the map. But it's when you're doing the Hobbs and Shaws of the world, that's when you can really cash in because people are buying a known commodity. You have choices. You have options. So it doesn't surprise me that she that she didn't make more than that. That seems about right. But I don't get why people are, people want her to fail. I guess maybe that's it. Because like some of the reactions were were very like mean or like, I don't know, some people from the porn industry, at least in the in the article that I read, were like, nah, you didn't only make $12,000. And also there's some residual kind of elements that you can still collect the check on. So don't expect that this is uh, something that, you know, you are uh, you are a victim, and don't come back to porn after you've talked shit about it to make money. I don't know if there's more to this. Email me. Speaking of emails, You can always email the show, jurydaily at gmail.com. Again, jurydaily at gmail.com. RJ writes, I own a similar device to what those valets at the Bally's Hotel and Casino were using. They are good if the car is just short of the electricity it needs. But if the car was doing nothing at all, then you might as well have dragged your feet across the carpet and shocked the battery terminals. So I guess if it's like... Like, if it was making that noise, like that, then this will put it over the top. But otherwise, you're, you're, you're screwed, as we were, until that beater showed up. And John Wayne ruined the thumb screws. Steve writes, when I first saw the title for the Yellow Heaven episode, I was immediately on alert, thinking that there was going to be some racist reference to where good Asian goes, uh, good Asians go where they died. Fortunately, it was just about dog piss on some cocaine. Whew. You made my yellow alert go off. Thanks for the laughs, and if it helps, I'm uh, yellow as in Asians and not covered in piss. Islander Steve. Well, thank you, Steve. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to have triggered the yellow alert. And finally, Allie writes, I went on a cruise last week and hooked up with this guy. We hit it off pretty well and promised we would stay in touch slash visit each other. We live about six hours away. Since my vacation ended, he has messaged me a little, but definitely doesn't seem as into me as he used to be. How possible is it for this situation to work? Would love to get your advice on this type of thing. Allie, 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 Allie. Okay. Uh, number one, I'm going to be your Mary Kondo for fleeting relationships. Number one, sometimes a fleeting relationship is just a fleeting relationship. You should honor the excitement, the, 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 the connection, 
Preserve it in your memory because these things don't happen all that often. Not everybody's a rock star touring, and even then it gets boring. These are very, very fleeting, beautiful moments that can't last. Again, if you have them too often, they become boring. If they never happen at all, you never get it. So honor this moment. Be excited about this moment. And and I'm begging you, Allie, don't let the fact that you... Don't staple another disappointment if this is indeed a disappointment, the possibility of a disappointment, the anxiety over the fact that it might be a disappointment to ruin a moment that obviously seems like it's something that you enjoyed so much you wanted more of it. So there's thought number one, no matter where we go from here, please do that first thing. I'm begging you to do that first thing. I care about you and I want you to be happy Please do the first thing. That being said, you got a really, like, look, there's, there, there's only one way to play this. And that is you have to take charge and say, hey, look, uh, what do you say we meet here? Or I was thinking about coming out to your neck of the woods to do X, Y, or Z. And then they'll say, cool. And either that same connection exists on land as it did on sea, or it doesn't. But if you want him to make the first move, then look, you're going to wait. And and people are different people on vacation, just in general. There's a lot of things that happen in life that maybe you don't want to bring out there on a, on a, on a cruise ship. So if you are dead set on finding out whether or not this is real or not, then I would say make the effort to go meet and then be understanding of the idea that it just might not be for the, for the land. It might just live on the sea. You might just have had a seafaring summer romance, which by the way, how romantic. I mean, come on. This is people write fucking books about this shit. No boring landy romance. Who cares? Everybody uh, has always had that. You had a rough and tumble in the hay on the sea. Waves. Fish down below. This is not normal. You are. That was exotic and amazing and fun relative to all of human interaction. Enjoy it. All right. If you want to email the show, jurydaily at gmail.com. Again, jurydaily at gmail.com. I want to thank Bill, Dustin, Robert, H, Brian, C, M, Trey, the Melodica Man, Adam, Middle Age, Mike, and Harry Lee Smith. They are our producers. You can support us at payjurydaily.com. Emails go to jurydaily at gmail.com. Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Justin R. Young. And, of course, you can join our Discord, bit.ly slash Discord. I want to thank the man who brought our jury story today. That was Sunbun. That about wraps it up for today. Till tomorrow, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky. And until we next speak, please. No. No.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>